Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by StrikeForceEnergy.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, everyone. This is this is actually episode number 199. Um, for this episode, we're, we're actually going to do a really cool, uh, serious episode. Uh, a lot of people have written into the show, and the, the one guest they've, they've asked for a one-on-one with the most uh, out of our last two years of doing this podcast is, uh, is Derek Wyda. And uh, he's a super inspirational guy. Um, I didn't know a lot about his his story and his life, and uh, I I read all of the messages on Facebook and uh, all of all of your comments and all of our posts of of please do a one on one with Derek. Uh, we love Derek, and we'd we'd love to hear more about him. Um, so here's here's my interview with Derek. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get through the sponsors real quick, and then I'll I'll play it. I uh, I called him. Uh, on the phone, it's super late at night here in Wilmington. He's in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. He was kind enough to do it, and uh, I, I don't know how long it lasted. Um, that that's how much of a blast this interview was. Um, it was it was really really incredible, and uh, um, yeah. So I, I'm gonna run through the sponsors, and then we'll play the interview in its entirety. First up, uh, obviously you know him, StrikeForceEnergy.com. It's the tastiest, tiniest little tin pouch full of energy that goes in every single liquid available, and it's liquid itself, so it's not a powder. You're not stirring it with your finger, and it's better than five-hour energy. You can kick the can. You don't need the can anymore. Uh, You don't need Red Bull. You don't need Kickstart. You don't need any of that bullshit. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Just try a 10-pack. They ship it right to your house. They ship everywhere in the entire world, Uh, and once you get hooked on them, they get a subscription of the Month Club, which we all have. Uh, also, their 750 milliliter bottles are incredible. Uh, a bunch of flavors: grape, orange, lemon, um, and original. That's I, I'm OG. I like the original, and I, I also enjoy the grape. Go to uh, StrikeForceEnergy.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for 20% off. Uh, next up, we've got man, we've got we've got one of the finest. One of the finest in the biz in the mattress industry. I'm talking about ghostbed.com. <laughs> Matt's not here to do that, so I'll, I'll fucking do it. Ghostbed is is uh, the best sleep you'll ever have. You'll sleep so good, it's scary. Um, go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. You get $50 off a mattress, or you can just type in the promo code drinking bros. You get $50 off a mattress. Also, but if you go to drinking bros forward slash I'm sorry, uh, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Um, you get three free pillars with your mattress, which is awesome. And uh, they also have a pay-as-you-go plan. So if you're looking at, at a new mattress and you're like, fuck, man, I, I can't afford one, ghostbed.com, is, it's actually a place where you can, uh, they'll let you pay-as-you-go, which is fucking rad. So go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Cannot tell you how great these beds are and the pillows and uh, it, all of it's delivered right to your house. It's fucking easy peasy, beautiful thugger girls. Um, next up, we've got warfightertobacco.com. Oh yeah. Uh, they've been with us a while. Uh, if you don't, if you don't got them, go get them and smoke them kids. Go to warfightertobacco.com. They are the finest cigars in the land. They are, they're made with uh, Cuban seeds. Hand rolled in the Dominican Republic, shipped over here, straight to your mouth hole. 
Scott Jansen and the boys are running an amazing operation over there. They're 100% combat veteran-owned. Um, and if, uh, if you want them in your local cigar store, go in, tell them you want them in your local cigar store, and, uh, and then hit up Scott Jansen, and they'll, they'll get them in there for you. Type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 10% off on warfightertobacco.com. They've also got some dope apparel. I don't know if they have their humidors anymore, but I was a big fan of their humidors. Um, God, I got a gorgeous wood one from them. It's fucking amazing. Uh, big fan of warfightertobacco.com. Again, the promo code is Drinking Bros for 10% off. Uh, last but not least, we have at night she cries while he rides steed, the first ever romance novel for dudes. Um, some some might say it's by the, the, the funniest writer ever to live on God's green earth, Ross Patterson. Um, no, it's just, it's just a rad book. Uh, for the people who, who got the audio uh, leaked to them through Drinking Bros before Simon & Schuster freaked out and pulled it down, uh, uh, God bless you, because it's amazing. Uh, it's available in bookstores everywhere, audible.com, and uh, shit, iTunes, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, everywhere you can you can think of. If you like the ra- the writing in uh, Range 15, uh, or like Blazing Saddles, or fucking scary movie, you'll like this. Uh, now... We are about to get into the Derek Wida interview. Um, inspirational guy, uh, hell of a dude, and uh, con- I sincerely can't thank him enough for being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Derek Wida. What is up, Derek Wida? Hey, Ross. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm, dude, I'm fucking right as rain, Derek. I'm right as rain. Um, we're doing we're doing this episode, by the way. Out of all the guests we've had on the show, and we're coming up on 200, you're actually episode number 199. Um, and the reason being is the one before the 100th episode and the one after it ended up being like our two most important episodes. People turn in for the fucking crazy ones, but they also want to make sure that we're a real show and that we're actually talking to like real <laughs> Real people and about real shit occasionally, just occasionally. Uh, shit, and, dude. I was, I was like, ooh, I'm gonna talk to Ross, so it gets to get weird and stuff. But you're coming serious. No, no, no. We're, we're like, coming okay. from look. We're coming from all <laughs> angles, and it's it's specifically for the fact of you were the one person out of like the last two years we've been doing this. Everybody's like, dude, will you please do a one on one with Derek? Um, I, I, I'm dead serious. From the from the drinking bro community, everybody has said, dude, that I find that guy's life more more fascinating and interesting than anybody you guys have ever talked to why have you never sat down and done a one-on-one with him and, and so like for two years people are asking you for two years you're like nah non-stop <laughs> no, no no non-stop so well the, the thing was always this is i, I said great uh rocco bring him by like ha- have him come by you know we'll, we'll do the thing mm-hmm. you guys were always you, you travel a lot and and mm-hmm. you guys are always always busy like even tonight matt's and Fucking Dallas, I think, um, with Evan and Jared. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, I think maybe three days before that, they were in Fort Bragg. You guys are so busy and so big in your community that you get asked to do a lot of shit. You train for a lot of events, and therefore you're always on the road. Well, they're busy now. I haven't been busy in probably like six months. Well, uh, I got well, this, where like, am I calling you now? New, I'm calling new, you in new, Vegas, right? <laughs> but I live here. <laughs> oh, you do? You're you're not in El yeah. Paso anymore? No, uh-uh. No, I got a... Uh, I met a girl in El Paso, and she's in the Air Force, and she brought us out to Las Vegas here. So, thank yeah. God, dude! You, no wonder you got married. You got married to get out of El Paso. Yeah, <laughs> I love. By the way, I love Vegas. 
Yeah, yeah, it's nice. We live in North Las Vegas here, so it's cool, man. It's nice. There's like fucking five targets within a 10-mile radius of my house. And like I need targets close to my – I'm not the dude that lives in the woods, you know? Like I – that's where I home shop is like close to targets and shit. So. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> of course. I like how you all bounced out of El Paso. I used to tell those other guys for years, Matt, and then I was like, dude, why the fuck do you live in El Paso? Because <laughs> um, like Vegas is great. Like the real estate is still cheap enough um, now, you know, that uh, you can have a great place. There's still no, no, a lot to many, do there. Many, no, the, the thing I like most about it is it's not overly populated so how many people listen to your show like vegas is horrible don't move here you know <laughs> yeah I, I dude i i've you know what i've i've spent a lot of time there and like i've never even out again like outside the strip and all that shit like i've always had a good i've always had a good time in vegas i've never had yeah. any issues in vegas the people who bitch about vegas i don't get it and i know like mayweather and uh mcgregor and those guys keep houses there and it's like dude there's a reason why yeah um, uh but it's yeah it's, it's a fun town out, outside of the strip i guess everybody has a, a negative connotation from flying in, getting fucked up for three days, and then leaving. And it's like, hey, there's there's <laughs> other shit to do, you know? Dude, it's uh, yeah, it's funny going like we go we go on little staycations downtown, and and we're just down there in, in our everyday clothes, and then we go see the people on parade. It like the Vegas mentality is funny, with like the people coming in just to party for the weekend. They're fun to watch. Yeah. There's always like somebody <laughs> drunk sleeping at a slot machine and shit. I need to start taking selfies with these people, like you bro, because that, like, that hey, could be that could be okay? a new. Yeah, that could be a yeah. new Instagram account where it's like Derek in Vegas, and it's just you with like fucked up people, and you put you put them in the cheek. Yeah, yeah like, you, hey, you put man, a leg on them. Okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, can you hold this and then selfie? Yeah, just my legs straddled across their lap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be fucking incredible. That would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, well, hey, t- tonight, if you don't mind, man, I- I'd really like to get into your story and who you are and where you came from. And uh, and everything while you're doing now. Sure. Uh, if that's if that's cool. Where, where are you from to start with? Minnesota. Really, Minnesota. Yep. yep. St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, I was born on the east side of St. Paul. Growing up, I delivered the East Side Review around uh, Lake Phelan there. No so, shit. Yep. Like East Sider. Yep. I, I like it. And then, uh, <laughs> I, would you go to high school there? Yeah, I went to. Uh, so, like, if anybody knows St. Paul, I went to Johnson High School. So it was like the shit inner one one of many shit inner city high schools, you know. It was we're kind of um, were you, it was were, cool, you man. were you one of the few whites at an all black school? That's 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 what I was, you know. So um, whites were definitely a minority. It was like there was a lot of black people, a lot of a lot of Hmong people up there, mm-hmm. so a lot of Asian people, and then uh, I mean some Mexicans, I guess, but I can't remember how how was <laughs> that how was that for you growing up. It was cool, man, because, you know, I think about like I think about a lot of things and a lot of hatred and stuff going on today. But the, like where I was raised and the way I was raised, just because I was like tossed into the mix with all sorts of different kinds of people like we just I just didn't I just didn't know racism. I only knew racism from books, you know. Right. And and like growing up on the uh, playground, like there's a lot of monks up there and. and we would like fucking fifth grade fifth graders playing dodgeball on the court. It'd be like Mungs versus Americans. So that was like sort of weird looking back, but we didn't hate <laughs> you know. It was like, oh shit, they're American too. Yeah, I get it, I get it. I'm educated now, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But you know, I just you know, it's kind of it's you know, I'm I'm really thankful for that as as shitty as that area was and the school was and stuff, like I was tossed into to a pit with a bunch of different kinds of people and so like I really don't give a fuck about 
you know, like truly, honestly, don't give a fuck about race, race. color, anything, any of the stupid fucking things people judge people by these days. So, yeah, it was cool. It paid off. I'm a nice person for it. Yeah, and so, so you don't look back at that time with any like uh, ill will or like, oh shit, I wish I had gone to the rich white school or anything like that. Nah, fuck no. <laughs> but, and so I, it was all, so like I ended up. I only went to like two years of high school. I graduated and shit, but I spent most of my like junior and senior year just gone. I didn't go to school. I screwed up. I had like a, a what, high school. Yeah, what sweetheart. were you doing? What were you doing? <laughs> I was fucking smoking weed, playing guitar playing contra you know (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that was sort of like my sophomore junior year but then um when i was uh so like when i was 17 my girlfriend that i was like madly emo in love with you know of two years uh, we broke up and i was just sort of like just sort of lost and i didn't know what the fuck was going on and i was a big old piece of shit i didn't know if i was going to graduate high school i sure as fuck wasn't going to college no, you know, that was, was not just, a thought at all. Like zero college no, for you. Like I, did, I didn't even want to go to high school. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was funny. Like my sophomore year, I was, I had a, I did have a class. I was on like the school paper, and so like I got a published article. It was, I mean, they published this. It was like my tips and tricks on how to ditch class, and it was like all proven methods and stuff. They let me print this article on how to fucking ditch school and get away with it you know it's <laughs> <laughs> fucking incredible actually mm-hmm. um i can't i can't believe they, they would even print that <laughs> yeah i know i wish i would have saved a copy of like my school paper articles oh they, you could we, you, you could have posted just, that and went viral in a second <laughs> um what made you what made you get interested in the military then just just being lost man like i so like i didn't grow up my parent like I joined the army when I was 17 and I had to like, I had to bring the recruiters to the house and, and kind of convince my parents to let me join. They didn't want me to join. I didn't, I don't come from a fucking military proud family. American fa- yeah, yeah. Like a proud American family, something like that. You know, like we were a family from the East side. We fucking, everybody's born, raised there. They stay there and we take care of our families and that's it, you know? So, and then when, you know, like today's the anniversary of nine 11, when nine 11 went down, I was high on ketamine. You know, it's so, on special K, no shit. Yeah, but like that's a weird story. I wasn't like cool doing drugs. I actually had this really bad tanning bed incident where I got overly tan. Like I, I fell asleep in a tanning bed that didn't shut off, and I got fucking oh fuck, ripe, dude. <laughs> yeah, I got ripe to the point they gave me ketamine. <laughs> how, how long were you in there? I don't know. I mean, it was de- <laughs> yeah, but dude, I was fucked up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, and they gave you yeah. ketamine for that. Look, that's a tip mm-hmm. for the listeners at home. If if you want some special K, just go just go sleep in a tanning booth for <laughs> for an hour. Um and you can yeah, go to Cartoon Land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crank it up, crank it up to forty five and then go. Yeah, so I'm just hammered out of my mind and my convince my mod at like I'm like I need to go to school, you know, like I have an important debate today, you know, and she takes me to school. And I remember like driving to school like she drove me to school from the hospital and I I was like outside the window I could see this train moving alongside of us, but there was no train, man. It's a golf course, you know. So it's, it's, like, that's the beauty that's a real of ketamine. Yeah. That's the beauty of ketamine though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So, so when you got to school, you realized like how fucked up you were, and and at that point you were like, all right, shit, I need, I need military, I need Jesus in my life. What, how, like, how no, did it go down? Uh, uh-uh, no, that didn't come. So like, like nine eleven hit, and I was like, what the fuck is the World Trade Center, and who are these people? You know, like I didn't, it didn't really register to me. Sure, because you know, like I didn't, I had like my worldview was very small, you know, and then even um, two years later, the invasion of Iraq. I was smoking weed, doing some chemistry, watching it go down on TV. And I really still didn't feel anything, you know? Like, honestly, I didn't. Um, I don't think that makes me a person to say that. No, not not at all. Not at all. It's it's surprising because you talk to everybody in the military, and they usually say 9-11 had a pretty big effect. But if you're in mm-hmm. high school and you're getting high and shit, like fuck, not, nothing really matters at that point, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. Like you'd be like, oh fuck, yeah. at least I wasn't there, you know. Yeah, and so like I, like I don't know, I just, uh, it was, um, I remember there, it, it, it all happened one night, dude. It was like me, me and this, me and this girl, dude. I was mad in love, and I had a high school sweetheart. You know, it was stupid teenage love, but you know how that goes. Sure. Um, it, it, it seems like the end of the world. Like, dude, I've got to be with her. I'm going to kill yeah. myself. Yeah. And it, oh, yeah, we're getting to that. So, like, we were kind of like falling out. And I go to the movies with my family one night, like my cousins and my sister. And I'm like, hey, do you want to come with us? And she's like, no. And then I see her there with another dude. And I was like, what the, like, fuck this shit. I'm done, you know? And so that was my first, like, so I, I, I stormed out of the theater and I went and like laid down in the woods. And I just remember like staring up at the moon crying. And that was the first time I called my mom and I was like crying. And I was like, mom, I just want to fucking die, you know? Like, like, you know, I was just like thinking about killing myself. I just. Really? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how old are you at this point? Mm, I think maybe just 17. Ah, shit. So, that's but, a, yeah, man, like, that's a weird age because it's right around that time where you think the, the smallest things seem like yeah. they mean the biggest in the world. Where you're, and when you look back on it now, you're probably like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and you can like you can just see like how passionate I am about things in my life now. Like add that with like teenage angst, and I was just an emotional dude, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you still are, so, but you still are yes. in a great way. So my parents took me to a psychologist, and he told me to maybe try that. I need. He told me I needed an outlet. So he said, like, why don't you try working out? I was like, that sounds fucking dumb as shit dude that's like that's what they pay you for <laughs> and so but you know like but I, so i started running and then i started running to the gym and then i started working out and i did all like the weird stupid shit where i wore like baggy clothes and sweatsuits underneath and i was like oh my god i'm so fat nobody likes me you know and 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 uh started working out and watching some military movies i was like fuck it let's join the army I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know fuck all about the army, and I joined it. You know, and then I did, went in full force, and I, and I loved it. So it worked out. You know? Did you know? Did you know what branch or anything you wanted to be? Mm. Well, first I almost, I almost, I damn near joined the Marines because so I was talking to the Marines recruiters for like a couple months, and then like the army swooped it. Like the army recruiter did his job better. He's like, "Hey, we can offer you more fucking blah blah blah." I was like, "Dope, dude." <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and he and they signed me up, and so like I signed up um, when I was seventeen, and I was in like that delayed entry program bullshit. You did, and you, was, did, is that the one you, you did get your parents' signatures at seventeen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how did they take it? There was like uh, they were real hesitant, you know, 
they and and, and it's it's interesting looking back because like they were just they were just scared you know because we were like simple people we didn't fucking venture off you know yeah <laughs> and we we didn't go to war our family didn't go to war um and and here i was joining the army at wartime and and they were probably right in um, thinking that I didn't fully grasp what the fuck war was and stuff, you know, <laughs> you know? Sure. so, um, but you know, I joined and, uh, and then my whole senior year, I, I basically didn't go to school and I was just working out all the time. And I was like that super gung ho teenager, like, fuck yeah, go to the army. Let's fuck, fuck shit up, you know? And, yeah. and I graduated high school and I think like, like nine days later I was at basic training. No so, shit. Where at? Mm-hmm. Where, where, where did you go to basic training at? Well, Fort Benning, Georgia. There, so I was. I did. I did the infantry thing. I got the uh, uncommitted infantry contract, so it's like eleven X-ray. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't know what that meant, you know. <laughs> and so I get look. There, I, I like, didn't know oh, what it that... meant until I met Matt. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't know what the eleven yeah, X yeah. meant. I was like, oh, oh okay. So like my my old uh, dude when 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 I was like seventeen, eighteen in the delayed entry program, my AOL screen name, my AIM screen name was sex 11 expert <laughs> <laughs> so you knew you knew you yeah. were like hey this is this is what it, we're so doing i didn't know it meant uncommitted because like usually you join and you like can pick where you want to go and do your job and things like that but this infantry thing i guess like i showed up and they're like well we'll, we'll put you where the army needs you i was like ugh. So they they assigned me to Fort Polk, Louisiana, and I was like, I don't want to go to fucking Louisiana. <laughs> like, yeah. well, do you want an airborne? And, you know, in basic training, they said, does anybody want an airborne contract? And I raised my hand just because I didn't want to go to Fort, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like growing up, I was a pussy. I was a huge pussy growing up, man. I didn't I didn't go on roller coasters or rides or do anything dangerous or anything. And then here I was in infantry basic training, and I just volunteered to jump out of airport planes you know like Holy not knowing what's shit. going on and whatnot <laughs> that had to have been like a massive culture shock like coming from many app or you know saint paul like to to jumping out of airplanes you had to been like what the fuck but it worked dude it was a it was a it was a perfect fit for someone like me you know like the like i'm not like i i'm i guess i said i'm emotional but i'm not sentimental you know and and so like what is a what is a good soldier? I mean, there's a lot of different variations of good soldiers, but for me, it's like the person who just basically wants to go to war. Like once I once I tasted it, I fell in love with it. You know, right? And for like for like in its pure sense, not right and wrong, not us versus them, and blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, I just I just kind of like this going to war thing. You know, <laughs> like, it's it's dangerous. I could die. I could kill somebody else. It's pretty cool. We get to do, you know, uh, cool shit. And you, you know, you know why it worked for me too is because, like, as a kid with like that lack of confidence, and I would, and so like this this girl I dated in high school, she was like the fucking, she was the captain of the cheerleading squad, and I was the nerd stoner, fucking guitar playing hippie, you know. And so I got picked on and shit like that. So, but the army taught me. Like you have to be arrogant and confident in the army and stuff, you know, and it's, it's sort of feigned. It's, it's really fake. That's why like dudes crash when they get out, you know, Sure. <laughs> but, but in, when it, when you're there, it fucking works and it makes you feel good and it makes you feel tough and tall. And, and I liked that. So, um, so, so, so let me ask you this, you, you finish up and when you find out you're getting shipped off. Oh, so 
so I went, you know, so I went to basic right after the high school thing there. And then I went to uh, airborne school and then I showed up to the 82nd and I was assigned to, uh, uh, first three, two, five. And, uh, so I was there for two weeks and they needed, and second battalion was deployed to Mosul at the time and they had sustained some casualties and shit. And so first they were taking, uh, nine volunteers from first battalion to go overseas. And I was like, fuck yes. I was the first one on that list. I was like, sign me up. So I was in Iraq. The same year I graduated high school, which is holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool, you know. And then, and so, but then it sucks. So I show up to second bat, and they think I'm like this, this, you know, like, and I was new, like, it just, you know, they treated me like a fucking new guy, but none of them knew I had volunteered to come to their unit to, you know, help them out and fill their ranks and stuff. But that's fine. I would have treated me like shit too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you still friends with those guys to this day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. So actually, one of them, one of the dudes, um, he runs the nonprofit with me. So yeah, we're 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 all good friends still. Oh no shit! Nope. that's amazing, man. Um, yeah, these friendships that last forever. I've never seen anything like it in the military. Would you agree? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's because like you know, like just because I say we're friends, it doesn't mean I haven't talked to some of these guys in years, you know. But if if like one of them showed up at my house tomorrow, I saw him in the street, we're gonna spend like the next eight hours belly laughing and drinking beers and just just having fun you know like yeah we just get along it's it's good it's fun and that's and that's what uh that's another problem is like people miss that you know yeah yeah because i see it i see it a lot you know hanging out with with matt and those guys and and like rocco and like people will come up and talk to them for fuck you know an hour or two hours and they'll yeah. and, and they'll, they'll be like oh hey man sorry this this guy was with me at you know and you're like oh shit uh fuck you he's like i haven't seen him in 10 years it was like Really? Because you're talking to him like you guys are, are still best friends and you have missed a day, like an hour in each other's life and uh, in, a, in a really yeah. awesome, amazing way. But I haven't seen that kind of human interaction between other people who haven't seen each other in that long in a while where you're just like, oh, shit, you guys, it's like you guys never skipped a beat with each other. Yeah, it's a special bond, man. It's not like people compare it to like a sports team, like, you know, like baseball players, the good old boys or, or something like a frat or something. But it's different when you're getting shot at together and shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you could actually die where it's like, hey, guys, um, yeah. we weren't actually going to die on that lacrosse team. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. over, but overseas, you, you, yeah, there's a good <laughs> shot at it. There's a really good mm-hmm. shot at it. And um, so when you get there – how long are you serving in Iraq before uh, before what happened to you happened? Because I don't I don't for the audience too. Like I, I've never asked you this story personally, and I also don't know right. the story personally. Um, right. So I was I was deployed twice in like in in. So I showed up late '04. I was uh, we left in March, and then in like September we went back to Iraq. So like September '05, and that was chill. And then 2006, we spent, like, we were just stateside all year, and we were gearing up to do this, like, cool guy mission. But um, we were, uh, uh, so December, December 2006, we were home on Christmas leave, and we weren't supposed to come back until, like, early January or something. But on a fucking December 27th, we got the phone call, because I was in the 82nd, so that's that quick response bullshit, you know, where you can deploy fucking any time in the world 18 hours or whatever the fuck and so december 27th while i was at home in minnesota hanging out with family we got the call because they had just signed that paperwork for the fucking surge you remember that yeah 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 absolutely Mm -hmm. 
So we got the call. We, the by the way, we, we should tell the audience that you are dipping. You've got a you've got a sweet. Are you going lower or, oh. or, or upper dip lip tonight? <laughs> lower. Oh, you're dude. going lower too. Yeah, I'm not from the country, man. That's, man. that's that, that upper dipper stuff. The beaver is some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so if the audience is listening at home, they're like, man, is the connection weird? No, it's not. Like you're just taking your time on that 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 C Hagen. So. Um, <laughs> Does it make me pause when I talk and shit? My bad. No, no, no. I look, look it's, it's fucking great, but I'm just telling the audience because, like, dude, Matt and those guys, not, not Matt actually, but Jared is unaware that it's an audio show and he's just like, no, it's fine, man. I can be on my fucking phone looking up, you know, models or, you know, Hillary Duff shit. And I'm like, no, like, it's an, still an audio show. So, yeah, because I'm, look, I'm drinking over here and you've got a mm-hmm. fucking a lower lip dip in. So that's good. Because I didn't know if you were, if you were going upper lip with it. So. Uh, no, I got a good half canner down here. So right. it's a big one. Yes. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. So, so in 04, go ahead. Yeah. Well, so so like we're we're we fast forwarded like December two thousand six the twenty to the twenty seventh December two thousand six we got the call I think we were in Iraq like January second or something something like that and the, um so this was the surge and this is where like so this is where I met Jared Taylor he was assigned to our unit there and uh, it was a tough deployment man and and you know like we were getting we were getting fucking we set up shop in this big building and we were getting mortared and we had some direct rocket attacks and like people will say like, Ooh, I was mortared, but they're like, you know, no disrespect. They're, like the mortar lands a fucking click away or something like that. Like we were having daily direct mortar hits on the top of our building and stuff like that. And yeah, people getting shot in the streets and coordinated ambushes and stuff like that. So like, it actually makes me feel like the first two deployments I was on was sort of low key, but this deployment was like, that's the war, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and, that, so, and, and again, and, just to refresh, like that, that first deployment was in 04? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like, I think I showed up like like late December 2004 and we left March 2005. And then I was in Talifar to like September 2005 till like maybe December or January, something like that. Um, so you were there for yeah, a, the, a long time, like going back and forth at this point. Well, so, like, we did, like, two four-month stints, and then in 06, I went and set up some tents in Tikrit, and I re-enlisted over there for the fucking tax-free bonus, because we were supposed to do this, like, cool mission where we pulled some security for some cool guys, but it all got thrown to shit because of the surge. So, um, so yeah, the, the deployment in 2007, those guys were there for 15 months, or 12 or 15 months. Shit. It was a long time ago, man. Yeah, so they, they did a stint, but I was like, man, it's too fucking hot, like, fucking... Decided to get myself shot so I could get the fuck out of there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the excuse for it. Like, man, I got to get out of here. It's, That's too fucking hot it's 115 every single day. Yeah. Good luck, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that day like uh, when you lost when you lost your leg? Um, what, what, mm-hmm. what was the circumstances? What was the actual story? Because, again, a lot of people see you online and just sure. think, dude, here's this fucking badass um yeah. shredded worked out all day super famous and um but like n- n- nobody actually uh, to my knowledge knows your story like i was at the gym today um running running on the treadmill next to somebody and he was in the military and he goes oh shit he goes uh you're your buddies with that military dude and i just assumed he meant matt and uh and mm-hmm. i go yeah matt and he goes no 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 Derek white like the crossfit guy and i was like oh d- yeah 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 no <laughs> 
I know Derek as well. And I was like, I, I was not expecting you to say that. And he's like, oh, shit. Well, dude, we all work out. That guy's like the biggest inspiration of all time. And I was like, do you? I asked him a point blank. I was like, do you know how he lost his leg? And he goes, no, I actually don't. And uh, I, I'd love to, I, you know, I'm sure it's a miserable yeah, it's story to tell. Yeah, it's actually a crazy story. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. Like, you, like, you don't know I was limb salvaged for four years against my wishes, huh? Like, nobody, I know, people don't know. People don't know um, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've said it before, but, like, it was back when nobody, so anyway, anyway so what happened, like, we, we um, it was, it was June 23rd, 2007, and my platoon was scheduled to go back on refit. So that means, like, we go to the FOB for, like, 24 hours, and we get hot chow and a shower and stuff like that because we lived out in the city, you know? And so we were scheduled to go on refit, but there was, like, a big mission that came down, um, and we were just, like, we were just, like, balling people up that night. Like, we, we did house raids all the time in onesies and twosies, you know? But this night, there was, like, 45 targets. And so... And, and like, okay, this was a long time ago and this is my best memory. Right. right. <laughs> <You know>? Okay. <laughs> so fuck, it's like some people are super critical, but so there was like something like nine platoons and we all had like four or five targets at night. Mm. And so here's a funny thing, man. Like I'm not, I'm not a religious person or, a, or, a you know, a, a sentimental person or something like that. But I always carried these, these two coins in like one in each breast pocket. And one of them, my mom gave me and one of them, my grandma gave me. And, but since we were going on refit, I had those packed in my bag. And so we, we geared up and went out on this, this, this night of missions. And I didn't have my fucking coins on my chest. And that's the night I got shot. And I was, even I was like, damn. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, it was just, it was like, uh, just, it was sort of routine that like, that was our job, like the house raid thing at night, you know? So, but we pull up to this, we pull up to our first house and it's like two 30 in the morning and I'm the assault team leader for this night. And so like, that just means like my team always goes in the house first. Like we do the breaching and shit. And so the other teams breaching the gate and I'm looking at this house and I was like, fuck man, this is trouble. Cause usually like the houses over there will have, uh, a wooden door that goes into a living room and then like a metal and glass door that goes into the kitchen and you always breach the wooden door because that's just easier, you know? Right. Mm. But this house only had the metal and glass door and, and those, those doors always have like two, at least two locks on them, sometimes three, like one in the middle, one high, one low. And, you know, like obviously, and so like this, at this point in the deployment, it sucked. We were in the city and we didn't have any dynamic breach equipment for raids. Like there's no blowing doors in. We didn't like they even, we had to turn in our fucking grenades, dude. <laughs> like it was some bullshit. Jesus. It was like sort of, you know, like, yeah, fighting with your hands tied behind your back and whatnot. So I knew we were going to have to, you know, we, we only had the battering ram and I knew, you know, with a metal and glass door, you fucking break that middle lock and you're going to break all the glass and wake everybody up inside and you're not in the house yet. You know, and so <laughs> with a raid, you know, you want to catch them while they're sleeping. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then they don't shoot at you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we broke the middle lock. All the glass broke. Uh, we heard everybody inside wake up. We heard them rack their AKs. And but like the, there's no like that's that's fine. That is what it is. It's not the first time we've been shot at or something on a raid. And and. You don't pause. Like, that's what we're there to do. And, like, if we walk in and we just get shot and we all die, that's sort of our job, too. Like, it's part of our job, you know? So the door, like, my dude breaks the middle lock, then he breaks the – as soon as the lower lock 
goes and the door swings open, I step in and I just like, boom, right in front of me, like a nine round burst of AK fire. And so like I'm walking forward and the next thing I know I'm looking up and they don't train you for that. You know, you're like, you're just sort of looking up and you're like, wait, something's fucking, Oh shit. I'm shot. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> something's not right. I know what it is. And so like, uh, the fact that you're able to, to like laugh about it is, is crazy to me where I'm like, cause I'm sitting here, I'm agreeing with you. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Like I've been shot. I've, I've not been shot. You have, you've lost a limb and you're like, Oh yeah. You know, like, fuck. Um, yeah, I took, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, uh, so it's cool, man. And people, people be like, people ask me in the past, like, what's your proudest moment in the army? And it was that moment when I got shot because like, so I'm crawling out of the, really, like, I'm, I'm crawling on my back to get out of there and my dudes are walking over top of me shooting their way in the house that's some pretty gangster ass shit like because i was just proud of them yeah you know and it and it's a reflection on upon my leadership and things like that but um so yeah that's that's did, how i did, got shot. did those guys light up the house <laughs> mm. So the dude sprayed at the door and then tried to run uh-huh. and then they like barricaded himself in a room upstairs and then the next team leader, his, his his balls just weren't as big as mine, so like, they didn't they didn't go in that room and kill him. That dude was alive, <laughs> so it'd have been cool. So it was actually like I was out in the courtyard and fucking, I remember they dragged that motherfucker out there next to me, and I was pissed, dude. And they like they, I was I was livid. I was like, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker, and they took my guns away. And uh, they dragged me out in the street, and they're like, ah, oh, let's not have him out in the street. And they dragged me back inside and drug – I don't know. <laughs> it was weird, dude. That dude should not should not have lived. But um, So he, he is alive today? Well, I don't know. It's been a long time. And I don't even know – dude, I had a, like, couple, like a year or so down the road while I was still going through my surgeries and shit. I had to do a fucking video conference – court thing with them so i had to look this motherfucker in the face no fucking way yeah and they're like derek you can be cool i'm like i don't know (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) through through the video conference can you see my face i'll fucking kill you through this phone (laughs) yeah so um did you know right away so let me ask you this did you know right away that that there was a, a chance that you might lose your leg no I didn't even know where I was shot, dude. <laughs> really? You know? Like, like, well, for, for, for a good few minutes. And then they told me that I was shot. I, like, so I felt a hot zing in my calf. And they didn't tell me where I was shot. And they were like, you know, they're like, don't look. And so I wasn't looking. And I didn't feel I – was, I was awake the whole time. I was, I was telling jokes. I, like, when they were carrying me to the helicopter, I told my sergeant major, I was like, I'm not going to make it to the gym tonight, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he was always up there at the gym and stuff. And, and there was one guy I didn't like, so when they were carrying me away, I gave him the middle finger. Uh, <laughs> <you know? So laughs> Just to let him know, like, hey, man, I got shot and I still hate you. I still don't mm-hmm. like you. <laughs> <laughs> so – I didn't know I didn't know it was bad until I woke up in Germany and I was like, Where the fuck where am I? They're like, You're in Germany, you're going back to the United States. I was like, Whoa shit. And I'm I'm super drugged at this point, you know, so I can't really I'm not staying awake for more than a couple minutes at a time and I'm not really processing thoughts, you know. But that was the first time I was scared. Like, what the fuck's going on? Um and then in Germany they let me call my ma. So I called my ma and she gets on the phone and she says 
oh, Derek, I know they told us that you had been hurt, but that you're back to work. And I'm sitting there in my fucking tiny little bed looking at all these other wounded dudes. I'm like, my, I don't think I'm okay. They're flying me to the United States, <laughs> you know? So the army wow. told my parents that I was, I was good to go and, and, and back to work. Um, but so then Shit, I, uh, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, mistakes happen, I guess. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, man. <laughs> that's a mistake you should not make. Right there, like, like if there's one mistake you should not make, it's that one. Of like, oh yeah, Derek, Derek's back to work. He's <laughs> he can't come to the phone right now. He's doing fine. <laughs> so, 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 when when did you find out? Like, hey man, I, this this might be this might be a huge deal. Like, uh, I might I might be so, I might be in trouble. So they flew me to Walter Reed, Germany. Hospital at Fort Bragg. That's where I was stationed, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. There, and at the hospital, like, so my family come meet me, and at, at that at that hospital, they're like, "Oh, we're not fucking qualified to work on this." So I I got shot side to side through the knee, is where I ended up getting shot, and it like just fucking blew the whole damn thing out, you know? Right. So, um, they says they're not they don't they're not good enough to to do the surgery there, so they're gonna take me back up to Walter Reed. But there's no flights, and so they throw my fucking broke in an ambulance. Wait, <laughs> they drive they, to Washington D.C. <laughs> they they they, they but, so they physically threw you in the back of an ambulance and drove and drove you well, to. No, no, no. They placed me gently into an ambulance. No, 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 was, not that. But they, like, like, but you know. that's a long drive for an ambulance. Can't, I didn't think an ambulance could go that far mm-hmm. for some reason. That might be a dumb thing to say, yeah, but and so no, so like yeah, it was really weird. Even the ambulance drivers were like. Uh, dude, we're sorry about this, but the good news is they gave us like a ridiculous amount of morphine, more than we should give you. Do you want it all? I said yes. Yeah. They're like, cool. <laughs> you yeah. Know? There you so, go. Yeah. So I don't remember that ride. Uh, you know, maybe the first five minutes, and then um, so we get to Walter Reed, and then um, I'm just out for a good while, and uh, then they finally do like the first big surgery on me. They try to like put me back together, dude. It's crazy. They put a fucking like a big metal rod up my femur and it looked like they were playing a drinking game to see how many screws they could fit in my fucking leg because there was like 27 screws in this thing and they were going every which way and shit it didn't look like a well thought out plan <laughs> you <know>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're even it. giving your notes like yeah. hey guys yeah. I, I don't you, think you this is gonna work shot. <laughs> yeah he's like i could do it <laughs> you know? like playing jenga like opposite jenga with my leg um <laughs> <laughs> And, um, so they told me after that first big surgery, they told me, they gave me a prognosis. They says, best case scenario for you is you'll walk unassisted. And that meant like, um, I'll walk without a cane someday. And I, you know, and I says, yeah, that's not good enough. You know, I was like, that's not good enough for me. Just cut it off. Fuck this shit. Just cut it off. I want to go back to work. I want to go back to doing my job. There's still things that I, that I wanted to do that I haven't accomplished and I can't do it on this piece of shit leg. So just cut it off. Well, they thought I was out of my mind, you know, <laughs> so, because of the drugs or you weren't thinking clearly. Mm, no, that's just not the natural, like the natural human response is to save the leg. And I know a lot of guys who fucking got injured. And they have these fucking bum-ass legs that don't do shit, but they won't cut it off because it's their leg. They're attached to it. They're, 
they're sentimental about it, you know? It was like, I got a friend who's got a calf injury, and he used to love to run, but he can't run now. But if he fucking got an amputation, he'd be a below-knee amputee, and he could run again. But people, it's not the normal human reaction to just want to, or to just not care and be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Just cut it off. We'll fucking deal with it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I de- look, so, I definitely would have went the other route of like, keep trying. Keep fucking trying. So, um, they said they didn't want to cut it off just yet, that they wanted to do some more surgery. So I went, it was like 18 months. Of, of several major surgeries and every time i was like let's just cut it off they're like one more try we think we can get it to work because like the problem was my leg wouldn't bend you know um because i took a fucking bullet through the knee <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was uh, an ongoing process and then there was like they they, they i went back to minnesota and just to do some healing because i had had so many surgeries and then um they says one more surgery. If you if this if this doesn't go through, if this doesn't work, we'll 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 talk about the amputation. You know. Mm. So I was like, fine, let's do it. And they did the surgery. It didn't work. And then we had like a fucking two minute conversation about the amputation. The fucking doctor at the uh, VA there said no. And then um, he said no that you couldn't get it amputated. Right. Fuck yep. off. Are you kidding? So you don't you don't no, have dude. that kind of authority over your own body to say, hey, this is what right. I want to do. This is my choice. Let's do this. Yeah. So this is wow. 2009 now. This is like this is like mid-2009 now. So this is two years after I got shot. You know, like still going through all this bullshit. And this whole time, this whole fucking time, I was just like, just cut my leg off. Like, fuck this shit. I want to go back to my job. Because, you know, like. I wanted to, I wanted to go special forces, man. And I thought I, like, I I knew I had it in me. I just hadn't done it yet, you know? And, and, um, uh, I, I told the doctors, I told them, I says, look, I'm not like, I'm not talking shit. I'm like, I'm not like someday there's going to be a dude who goes through selection on a prosthetic leg and graduates. I was like, I'm not saying that I'm that guy, but I'm saying I got the fucking nuts to try, you know, like, let me go fucking follow my dreams <laughs> yeah and they said no they're like nah dude we're good <laughs> yeah. wow they're like okay but no thanks <laughs> you know what's that so let me ask, what's that disappointment like when you hear that and they're they're essentially going to force you to have another surgery well i mean those i mean dude, like the real so like i was i was still positive through all this man i was highly motivated like i was just i was just um i was focused on getting recovered getting healthy and getting back to my job you know um but then in november i remember the date it is like november 8th 2009 there i was i was i was at i was at my apartment and i was sitting at my desk and they called me and they said they're they're gonna start the medical board process and i was like all right cool that's it fucking hung up the phone picked up the bottle and <laughs> you didn't see me and and that's when i just like my life went to shit you know fuck um, yeah and so i was just uh how bad did it get? Well, I mean, I was in, yeah, it was bad, dude. Like, so, like, between that that day and, like, uh, maybe, so, for, for two years, yeah, I was just, I was, like, just bad, man. I was just drinking around the clock and um, just getting arrested a lot. Got a couple DUIs. I was getting in fights, like, every night, and I was just whore myself around and i was in and and like 
dealing with all these all these different fucking run-ins with suicide and stuff like that and you know i had a nice big two-bedroom apartment i broke that motherfucker i ripped every cabinet off the wall i ripped every shelf out of the closet i fucking ripped off every door and punched holes in every wall and and like one night i fucking was hammered and was you know talking about like jumping out my window and luckily for me i always had friends around right you know but i was a fucking dude and it's just because i didn't want to live anymore and so like looking back my mistake was that i thought my that that because my life as a soldier was over that i thought my life was over but they're two fucking different things you know but i couldn't see it back then because i just wanted like i had a one-track mind and i just wanted to live one life and do one thing and if i couldn't have that then i didn't want to be alive you know and i think i think that's understand i mean look you know, because uh, a lot of people out there have these thoughts. They just don't admit mm-hmm. it, um, and which is part of the problem where it's like, hey, man, if you talk to a friend or something, it's a lot easier uh, to get through than uh, if you're dealing with this on your own. But uh, when somebody takes your dream away from you, that's a that's a really fucking difficult thing to deal with in any any profession or any facet of life. Um how did you get especially, past it? Especially in our culture, they're like, like, follow your dreams. Like, follow, like, pick something and fucking give it everything you got. Nobody ever tells you to fucking have a plan B. You know? yeah, 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 they don't. They really don't. That's <laughs> that... So you get there and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I had this exact conversation with my wife the other night and it was like, you're absolutely right. And then once you're, I think once everybody's forced with a plan B, um, that's when you find out who you really are and, and what you can really do. But you're scared of shit, you know? When somebody tells you you, you can't do something, um, uh, what, what what got you out of this funk? Well, so it was, uh, I remember it was December 2010 now, and I was just living like shit, dude. So, like, you know, I was in and out of college during during those bad years. I wasn't, it wasn't like I was fucking horrible every second of every day, you know, but overall, it was bad. Like, psych wards up and down. I went through a 30-day fucking inpatient psychiatric program and, and stuff like that and nothing was nothing was worked nothing worked like a lot of people were trying to help me but nothing worked because i didn't want to help myself i didn't want to be alive you know <laughs> yeah and so um i remember it was i was i was literally doing nothing with my life i was you know i was i was staying in my apartment and i was only leaving to go get food and coming back and it was december 2010 and i was i was at my point i was like you know what dude either fucking live or die, like choose one, but go all in on one. Like whether you choose to live, if like, if you choose to live, then do something, you know, like fucking do something with your life. If you want to die, then fucking kill yourself. Because I was like, it's really weird that like back then, one of the things I hate about myself is I didn't have the courage to kill myself, you know, <laughs> like, but that's a real thing. Wow. Dude. I know. I, I know. <laughs> uh, hearing it out like, of your mouth though is crazy. Like, uh, why didn't you, I guess? I don't know, man. Like, uh, so maybe, maybe because I was, you know, like maybe because I have a great mom or something like that, you know, there, like there was always a voice. There was always something inside my head. Don't know what it is. Don't know what it was saying to me, but it was keeping me alive. You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I'm always curious as to that because you hear people who have, you know, tried to commit suicide, a thought about committing suicide, and usually, you know, there's there's one thing that, that brings, that snaps them out of it and brings them back. Um, man, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, but I, like I, I just honestly like even, and I can still, you know, like when you talk about like emotions that are this strong, all you got to do is talk about them and you feel them again, you know. And I can remember, and you know, even even I had a run in last December, but that was a little different. But um, I had a reason then, but 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 back then, there was no reason, you know. It was just something. I don't know, a little voice in my head, and uh, thank God it was there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, once you're, once you were out of that mentality, um, then what, what happened as far as your leg going forward? Well, so here's, so like, it it was kind of interesting time in like December, 2010, I was at my liver die moment, you know, and a buddy of mine who I mentioned earlier, like he runs the nonprofit with me now, he put out, he, he, he had gotten the boot from the military because he had a couple heat cats. So he got, he got kicked out. Uh, despite his wishes and he wanted to stay in too and he's he's a big dude man he's a barrel chested six fucking five he's a big dude and he kind of let himself go a little bit since getting out and he wanted to get back in shape and this is back when like obstacle course races were just were just getting their footing and becoming semi-popular you know so he put out an open invite on facebook to uh join him in a team of like getting back in shape and then tackling this tough mutter the following june and I hadn't really talked to anybody in a good while. Um, but I reached out to him and I says, you know, like, Hey man, can I, can I join the team? <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like, really? I didn't, I didn't like, dude, I'm fucking struggling over here. I need somebody to save me. Like now, you know, I was just like, Hey, can, can I join the team? And he was like, Abs-, you know, he's like fucking absolutely dude. And so again, so then I started working out and I kind of had like a purpose to work. Like, so I, now I was training for a tough mother. I was like this fucking bum ass cripple living like shit. But now I had this small, tiny fucking meaningless goal that fucking changed my life forever. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, just, just, just living for something again. And it was like a stupid tough mother, but it was living for, I would have fucking lived for anything back then, you know? So it was just that, you know, and so that January, 2011, I was, um, pulling myself back up and getting into working out and, and being able to do new things on my fucking bum ass leg and do like, so it wasn't, dude, my, my leg hurt back then, man. I was on, like, I wasn't on any pain meds cause I didn't like how that made my brain feel like pain meds make you stupid and foggy and you can't remember shit. And I, so I chose the pain or I chose my brain over the, the dulling of the pain, you know, how, um, how excruciating was it on a scale of like one to 10? Dude, I was riding a fucking eight all day, every day, every every <laughs> single day. Yeah, it Shit. was it it was fucking bad, dude. Um, because it was like I, my leg was crooked and I had overgrown bone and it didn't bend. It was just fucked up. <laughs> you know? Did you did you have to use a cane or a crutch or anything? So I was off the so like I was stubborn and I stopped using my cane. And then when I was training in 2011, there like January to June, training for the Tough Mudder, th- things were going pretty okay like it hurt but i didn't care because i was coming from the military you can overcome that pain you know right <laughs> um but then so we did the tough mudder and i you know we completed it successfully and it was awesome it was a good day and i was like riding that high for a couple days and then the fucking real pain set and i was back on a cane like i couldn't walk and my buddy his name's sean Ensley. my buddy who like pointed out the invite he was like hey dude why the fuck don't you just have that thing cut off 
And I was like, oh, let me tell you a story, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he, he was like, what the fuck, man? Fuck that shit. And he says, he's like, look, I got some friends. He's like, I'm not a fucking, a, you know, he's not a, a powerful dude. He can't just make things happen like this, you know? But he says, um, I got some friends that do some, like, shit with nonprofits. Well, let's start looking into getting this funded ourselves and have that fucking leg cut off. <laughs> wow. Gonna raise money to like cut off like private sector. Um <laughs> no way. And cut off your leg. Like I've never mm-hmm. seen an Indiegogo that's like, hey, let's let's throw in a couple bucks to cut my buddy's leg off. <laughs> let's uh let's all get together. Just you know, spare what you can. Yep. Um but we're gonna get yep. his leg cut off for him. He's dying to do it. Yep. And uh we just needed the the money and the doctor, and they were working. They were working on it, man. And did so you ever think about going like to Mexico or anything? Was that ever part of the equation of like <laughs> Dude, I'm dead I'm dead we, serious? We had a list of ideas and in, in the garage was 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 definitely on that list. You know, like we we're just we we're just committed. And it was cool because it was like, all right, we're gonna fucking do this. And so while we while while they were, you know, um kind of doing their thing, I was like, well, it can't hurt to go ask the VA again, you know, and so they're uh November two thousand eleven now. I was uh went to the VA with my ma and we had a, a a meeting with the same doctor who said no to me a couple years before. And uh like we were fucking astonished, dude, because like so we're sitting there and he's doing his doctor thing where he just looks at his computer and he hears me out and he's like, So when are you available? And I was like, available for what? And he was like, well, for the amputation. I was like, motherfucker, I'll cancel my lunch. Let's do this shit today. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Me and Ma, we're going to the calf. I got time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so a month later, they fucking chopped my leg off. December 6, 2011, they cut my leg off. So Holy shit. And, and how, did, how did you mm-hmm. feel after that? Well, I got a cool ass picture of me. Like they're like rolling me out of the surgery room, and I'm just smiling. <laughs> like I'm, just, I'm, you know, like I'm just smiling. I'm drugged up. I don't know what's going on, but apparently, like the unconscious Derek was very happy in that moment. You know, so um, what, and then what it was? Yeah, what was the conscious Derek like after that? Well, it was game on, dude. Because like, so all this time, I was just, I was just telling people like. You know, I was talking a lot of shit. I was like, man, if they would just cut my leg off, I could fucking go back to being me. I could do great things. I could fucking live my life and be in control and stuff. And then, you know, I was kind of, you know, it was it wasn't an excuse, dude. Like that was a reality. Like I was being held back by this fucking by my leg, you know. And and so I was talking a lot of shit. I'm like, if they would just cut it off, I'll go on and do great things. And then the day came and they cut it off. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I talked a lot of shit. I better get to work. You yeah. Uh, time to do great things, Derek. Time to yeah. do great things. <laughs> Casual, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but no, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was tough, dude. It was real tough. But it was, um, it was a good tough. It was like, you know, if, if life's all about problems, like we all have problems, it's good to have good problems. Like, the road to recovery is a good fucking problem. The path out I was on before was just a path of destruction. Uh, you know, and now I was like, you know, like taking a road of hope where as now as, as an amputee, my, like my, I always say like my success was, de- is determined solely based upon how fucking hard I'm willing to push myself physically and mentally. And that's what I'm good at because that's my outlet. Cause without, 
like, you know, without fitness and, and, and the things that I do, I struggle <laughs> still, you know, like I'll go back to be an alcoholic, fucking kill myself, Derek, tomorrow if I wasn't occupying my mind with, with what I do now, you know, so. Yeah, I, you know, if you don't, if you don't have something out there that you're passionate or, or that you love, look, that, again, that happens to a lot of people. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's not just you, it's, it's a lot of people who go through that and struggle with that. Uh, what was the, what was the first moments when, when they put a, a prosthetic on your leg? When was that? Do you remember? So it was, uh, so I got my leg cut off. I got my first leg. Oh, dude, that's a funny story. So fucking, I get my leg cut off December 2000 or December 6, 2011. And then to motivate me to do my rehab and train, my buddy Sean signs us up for a fucking tough mutter in June in the mountains of Colorado. No way. Six months later. Yeah. Yeah. So I got my first leg in March and I couldn't walk a mile. And then I went and showed up to the tough mutter. And my buddy Sean was like, you get as far as you can get. And we'll get you the rest of the way. And so I walked six miles. So I like showed up to Tough Motor. I had my prosthetic leg on. Never walked a mile in my prosthetic leg before. And I was about to do like a 12 and a half mile course Holy in the mountains. Shit. You know. <laughs> so I show up with my leg on and a backpack with my crutches attached. <laughs> so you were determined like, hey, dude. And I walked. Yeah, if I can't do it, I'm going to crutch yeah. this motherfucker till the end. Oh man! Oh, even yeah, even I'm hearing not... you say this, like, holy shit! Like you had been that cool, man. I showed up there. I was like, this is a fucking mistake, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, I, you know, like I got that. You know, um, I always just tell people like I'm just too stupid to quit. I have bad ideas all the time, and I follow through with them because I'm just too fucking stupid to quit. You know. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> so I, so like that tough mudder, I walked six miles, and then I crutched a couple miles and then those dudes carried me for like a good fucking three miles or something like that i was trading i was just riding the backs of sweaty men it was amazing yeah it was delicious yeah, yeah <laughs> but know? but still that like that had to have been an incredible feeling when you finished right when you got to the end it was awesome man it was awesome it was like you know it was kind of like we did the right thing and life was good like life was good i was starting to become happy again you know, because I wasn't happy for four motherfucking years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, and I've always been a happy, cheery dude, like a smiley dude. Um, even in the face of strong adversity, like a good mental attitude. But uh, you know, a person can only take so much. You know. <laughs> so. No, I, yeah. I, you, you've certainly been through it, Jesus. Um. Uh. So so after that, like, what what makes you get into like hardcore? Hey man, I'm going to be like you're like the fittest dude I know. Like you're, Jesus, you're you're jacked like an El Camino in the front yard of a Mexican's. You know, like it's it's for real. You're just like Jesus, man. You're you're jacked. Um, what makes you want to do all that? Was it that one tough mutter? No, you know, like so. Um, so I moved to Denver to just be closer to Sean because he was like my source of happiness. Like we were in this one together. I moved to Denver and I was going to school and i was just living my life for a while like i wasn't like we were working out casually but um you know i was i was drinking beer and, and eating food just being a happy dude i was like i was being happy again i was li- i was living without pain you know yeah um but then when i moved back to minnesota started getting serious into training again that's always been my thing and uh i was done going to college 
I, I, I had transferred to the U of M and I got accepted to finish my degree there. And I was like, man, I'm fucking tired of this shit. Like I'm tired of fucking 19 year old kids telling me how the world spins. And I'm tired of fucking career professors who went from high school to a four year, to a master's, to a doctorate, to a professor. And they've never been in the outside world. Like, I'm just like, I'm tired of learning from these people. I'm tired of hearing them talk at me. I want to go try it life. And then I, so I was like, all right, I'm not going to school. I'm going to try life. I did. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, fuck, I could be a personal trainer. But I was covered in tattoos and stuff like that. And the gyms that I wanted to work at, they told me, like, I got to shave my beard and cover my tattoos. And I was like, yeah, I don't fucking sell myself for anybody. So it's, it's been a long, weird road, man. And so, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. we're at we're at 2014. And I um, I was like, fuck it. I'll just start my own gym. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. Didn't didn't know shit. And this was back. So this is back before everybody had a fucking GoFundMe, you know. Right. And I remember I had a meeting with uh, uh, with a guy who told me I was like, "Hey, dude, like you run businesses, teach me some things." And he was like, "Well, first, Derek, you need some money." I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck." <laughs> you know? There's that old thing again. <laughs> yeah. That old strange tale. You need money to start a business. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> 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 and so he says, he says, you know, it gives me some options for that. And he's like, one of the things people do is like uh, Indiegogo. And I looked into that and it's like, oh, you can't like, I couldn't do that because it's just for art stuff. But then I fucking page, don't even, don't even remember what it was called, you know? And I fucking put it up there. I'm like, Hey, I want to like, I'm Derek, just a dude. I want to start a gym. And, and this is before the whole fucking blog sphere was like, you know, where like everybody had their veteran story and business just being down your fucking face, you know? Sure. Um, so yeah. I, was like, I was like, Hey man, I'm Derek. I want to start a gym, you know, like kind of geared towards veterans and, and, and preferably operated by veterans. It'll be here in St. Paul. If you want to chip in, cool. And so I went and, and, and it did good, man. Like for, I was no, like we were like $15,000. That's pretty good. Wow. That is you know? that's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I I just had a personal Facebook back then, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Jesus, I'd suck so a I... dick for fifteen k today, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. You know what's cool? As far as I asked my two year fucking, don't talk about this. So, um, so I was walking out of the fucking Minnesota Secretary of State, whatever the fuck, with my LLC in hand for All American Fitness and Strength, and I got a phone call. From my dad, he says, a guy called me from Anytime Fitness. They want to talk to me. So Anytime Fitness, you heard of Anytime Fitness? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there uh, yes. there's a couple of them here in Wilmington, actually. Yeah, so the fuck, they're based out of Minnesota. Their fucking CEOs called me up. They're like, hey, we like you. We like what you're doing. We want to fucking, we want to work with you on this. I was like, cool. So I just went from 15K to 750K. <laughs> you know? No like, fucking way. <laughs> so this is January. So January to November 2014, I worked with them for a full year to try to do something cool. And in the end, it just didn't, it just wasn't cool. And I had to walk away. Why why is that? Was it too corporate? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because look, I I see the Anytime Fitness, like I see them around. And it they just never seem to have enough shit or the right shit in there. Right. uh, Dude, I... And our, and our first meeting, I told the I told the CEO, I was like, "Look, 
I would never work out at your gym, okay? So if we're going to do this, and, and, and I was like, look, I, I would never work out at your gym, and all my friends that want to come work out at my gym, they're like me. So <laughs> we're going to have to find some common ground. And I came up with this idea where we, like, split it in half, you know? And we had this, like, kind of cool idea. Um, it was called the Anytime Fitness Rally Point. And it was, like, half your regular Anytime Fitness and then half, like, a functional training area. And then the kicker was there was going to be a social club inside for just dudes to come chill you know like veterans who just sort of like hang out congregate maybe we do like a month a muster or once a month or something like that it was going to be this cool place in the community you know sure and then what it what it ended up being was uh they offered me a fucking management position at a corporate gym and i called them and i said i'm out and like wow. and i was you know and, and like they, it was a good salary dude <laughs> you know and i was broke as fuck but uh i couldn't do it man because I felt like if I like if if I would have taken that job, I'd have been doing right by me, but I wouldn't have been doing right by the people that I was fucking making promises to, you know. And so I would rather deliver nothing than deliver a pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I fucking walked away. And where where do you yeah where do you go after that? Did you open up your own gym? No. So like in in 2014, that's when I connected with like Matt and Jared and them. Cause I just, I seen some fucking video on the internet and I saw Jared and I served with him in 07. I was like, Oh dude, shit. Just saw you. Looks cool. Glad to see you're doing well. And he was like, Hey, you want to come to El Paso? I was like, ah, oh, sure. I don't care. And that's when I met like Matt and Rocco. And, and so like I was at this point, I was like sort of getting versed in internet stuff. And so I walked away from this deal. It's December, 2014. And I'm like, fuck dude. All right. I haven't been working. I haven't been making any money. I've been sitting here like holding on to hope trying to, you know, I was like, I need to make money now. And so we fired up the fucking Facebook and straight legless clothing and shit. And you did Here that with are. the help of Jared Taylor, right? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I just, I, I sort of like what I learned from them. Like I did it all myself. Yeah. yeah but, but, but from so... a, like a, from a business standpoint of like, Hey, you guys mm-hmm. are selling t-shirts. I can, I can sell apparel and stuff like that. Yeah. And so actually, yeah, sorry. And that's, it's actually like really mean to me to say, but I just forgot. So back oh, no, then, no worries, no worries. they got on the fucking phone with me and I, or like, I, you know, I was like, Hey guys, I'm going to do my own thing. Cause I was repping article 15 a lot and stuff back then. I was like, Hey guys, look, I need to fucking, I need to make some money. Cause I'm not like, I don't have any money. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. I like my peanut butter, man. I can't afford peanut butter. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, well, let's, let's, let's do it under article 15, you know? And so it was all it was all sold initially on Article 15 there, and then uh, you know, and uh, while down the road, mm, was it was it time for Derek to be on his own at that point? Yeah, yeah. And look, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, you know, me personally, because I've never heard the story from the guys or or anybody else, nor nor have they ever mentioned it. But I, I, I think at every point in somebody's life, you got to be like, all right, cool, I, I can do things on my own. I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but no, it's. it's 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 and so it's cool man and then but like you know i went and moved down there because it was like they were fun to hang out with they're fun to just like do do little projects with but so here's the thing like so i moved to el paso with those guys and they and they have their lifestyle which is fucking great the, the they know who they are and they are who they are and they're making like they're they're doing right by themselves and their families and they're you know but i'm, I'm just 
Whereas you guys, like, you guys were firing up the Drinking Bros podcast, and you're staying up late, and they're uh, drinking at night and stuff. Well, like, my little bitch ass is up at 4.30 in the morning working out, you sure, know? Sure, sure. And so, like, whereas, like, we're fucking great friends living next to each other, it's like, okay, shit, I'm a little different just because I'm a little different, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there's that, and look, then, and, look, there's nothing wrong with that shit. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they love you just as much as they always have. So yeah, I, I've so never, I've never heard a, a, like a bad word out of anybody's mouth no, at like, all about no, it. So like, yeah, and I was just hanging out with them a fucking week. So so that and anyway, then what got me out of it? So I'm living down in El Paso, and I meet a girl, and then she takes, she was stationed at Bliss, and she takes a job in Vegas, and I was like. Yeah, fuck it. I'll come out there. <laughs> you know? So I paid for my house in El Paso for six months, but I was living here in Vegas. And, and that's why I left El Paso. It was just I chased a fucking I fell in love, you know. And so people, people, a pretty common thing people ask me is like, what happened to you? What happened to you and like the Article 15 guys? Like, what? Like, there must have been a falling out. We don't see you with them anymore. I was like, oh, no, we're great friends. <laughs> you know, like I just fell in love and moved and they they're doing their, you know, like they're doing their thing in their town and I'm doing my thing in my town. Sure. So. You know, it's funny. I, I never, I actually never hear that. Um, and I, ne- I never hear that from those dudes. Like I always, I guess I always picture you guys individually. Like to me, um, you know, I, dude, I always hear like, again, man, the first time I, I did like CrossFit or anything, like you were famous here with like people that are not in the military or anything else. And, uh, I mean, dude, the, the guy in the treadmill today was was military, but the guy in like the CrossFit gym wasn't. And uh, he was. I remember when I when I went in to join, he was like, "What makes you want to join?" I was like, "You know, actually, I saw a buddy of mine do it online." And he goes, "Oh, who, who is it? The the guy with the missing leg was it Derek Wyda?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that, it actually is." And he goes, "Oh fuck, dude!" And he starts flipping out because he was a huge fan. And I was like, "Oh shit, really? Like, uh, all right, cool." But then after that, like, I always hear you guys individually, but never. I don't know, kind of as a group. Obviously, we do we do drinking bros all together, but um, I think you you've mm-hmm. each done a great job at developing your own personality individually online. Yeah, if, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I, I never and, hear that actually, which is which is a nice thing because everybody looks at you as the most inspirational dude on the planet, and uh, which is why everybody wanted to hear this this one on one interview. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it's a it's an amazing it's a, it's thing. It's a what you've story done. of strife. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a weird story, isn't it? It's like shit. Yeah, but everybody's story is weird, isn't it? Like you talk yeah. to you, you talk to people, and you're like, what the fuck? I mean, obviously yours is more different than everybody else, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, look, every single person's life is fascinating. It's whether or not you you get a chance to talk to them about it is the difference. I'm, I'm a true believer in that man and like that that was one of my like that was one of my great mistakes back in the day was just thinking you know i was thinking wrong about a lot of things but like when you're like when i was when 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 you're when you're sad or suffering or something you think you're the only one and you're not you know yeah <laughs> like, that's true it's totally everybody true everybody goes through like maybe maybe my maybe my story sounds like whoa that's kind of a lot not really like you know because like um adversity isn't a competition you know there's no fucking first place for who fucking struggles more or something like that if it's shitty it's shitty um it's kind of yeah so like i and like i like that about people like everybody and 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 people write me and be like hey dude i I shouldn't be complaining to you because you've gone through all that but i'm going through this and i feel like an idiot like don't feel like an idiot man (laughs) you know like I still fucking cry when I stub my toe. I'm not as cool as people on the internet think I am, you know? <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, so l- 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 let's get down to some basics here. Are you, are you married? Because it appears as if you're married online. 
Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah, I'm married. My wife's name Stacy. Yep. Congratulations. I, I I know I know your your wife, but uh, I saw the ring and I saw what appeared to be her ceremony. It looked like in the desert. Were you in the desert? Yeah, dude, we went to a. Uh, so we, um, dude, you, it's so cool. So my unit was the three two five. So we got married on March twenty fifth. You know, ah, that's so fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, and um, so we, yeah, we were, we were like, we're both kind of nonchalant about it. Actually, this is both of our um, second marriage, and so we're just, we're kind of like pretty nonchalant about it, and we're, you know, we're like, when, do, when should we get married? Because we were about to go to Europe, and and we says, well, we could do it there, or we could just. We could do it like we were figuring out what we want to do, and I pitched it to her. I was like, "What if we got married on three, two, five? I thought she'd never go for it. She went for it. Best day of my life. Uh, that's great. That's great. What, what was the name of it where you got married? Uh, the uh, 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 shoot, Dry Lake Bed, something or other. I can't remember the name. Dry Lake Bed. They were the coolest photos I've I've seen mm-hmm. for a wedding, and I was it was so interesting that I was like, "Man, next time I talk to him, I want to ask him where he got married because it looked amazing." Yeah. So it's cool. Like, so my, my wife's great. She's good at all the things I suck at. So she gets online and she's looking for, we found this business called pop-up wedding and it was started by this girl. She lived in New York. She's a florist. Dude, listen to this for like a business story. Yeah. This girl was a florist. That's gotta be a shitty gig, you know, cause people only need flowers a couple times a year or something like that. Right. Um, right. Secre- so Secretary's day. And she's fucking day. smart. She's hanging outside the courthouse where people are getting married selling flowers you know (laughs) oh wow oh you just got married in the courthouse here congratulations have some flowers and then she um to like so she moves to vegas and to fuel her fucking floral business she does these pop-up weddings it's like hey i'll marry you but like you should probably buy these flowers you know so it's a pretty cool little and they just marry you wherever the fuck you want to go and so you go off in the middle of nowhere family friends anybody with you just the two of you just the two of us that's great Mm-hmm. Um, I had a small, yeah, I had a small wedding as well. Just, uh, just like immediate family. And that was about it. Um, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I liked it better that way. I, I'm yeah. With, so I'm like our it. wedding day, it was a, it was a Saturday. We slept in, we woke up, we went to Whole Foods, got some groceries, came back, took a nap, woke up, got dressed, went and got married. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> yeah. you were Bob Evans. You were, you were playing, you know, uh, you were, you were the old cracker barrel. You were, you were playing with a golf tee game and everything simple. was, yeah, pretty, pretty easy. Um, uh, so l- let me ask you about this. The, the, the face tattoo, was that your idea, her idea? What made you want to do that? It was, I mean, it was my, I was getting, so I was getting my hand tattoo and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to get like a little heart on my face, like just a tiny little heart. And then a month went by, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll get, like, a something a little bit bigger. And then I watched this show called fucking The Last Kingdom. And this Viking dude, a big old La- it's, what, What's it called? The Last Kingdom? Last, Last Kingdom? The Last Kingdom. It's a great show, dude. Okay. It's a good show. Yep. And uh, 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 he had a wolf tattoo. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll get that. And so I was like, I'll get a face tattoo. And I don't, I don't work for anyone. I don't answer to anybody. I didn't know it was such a big deal until I was like, I'm going to get a face tattoo. And then I got my face tattoo and people were like, oh my God, you got a face tattoo? It's so funny because it's like you get, um, you know, people with a, it's always like, I don't want anybody to judge me for my tattoos, you know? And then yeah, you get yeah. a face tattoo. And that person's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, look, it's a big deal. I, talk, I talked about this on, on my other show, Ross Fashion Revolution. I was like, if you get a face tattoo in this life, you were saying fuck it forever of like, dude, I, I'm doing what I do and I'm never, ever going back. Um, 
because it's so, it's it's tough at that point. Like y- you know exactly what you're doing in this world to get that. Yeah. And then the night before that, I got the tattoo. Stacy was like, "Do you really want to do this?" I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "I'm the dude who cut his own leg off." I fucking don't know. Yeah, we're gonna go through with it. Fuck it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> Does she dig it? Does she dig the face yeah. tattoo? Yeah, yeah, and it's already at the point where we don't even see it anymore. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, like, I I met I met uh, Mike Tyson about six months ago, and that's cool. It was dude, it was, it was the same thing when I met him. Like, I I didn't even think to look at the fucking face tats. It was just a part of him, and I was like, yeah, ah, all right, cool. And then somebody asked me later, they're like, oh, he had a fucking face tattoo, didn't you? You know, I was like, no, it's weird. Like when you know somebody or see somebody online or whatever, yeah, you get used to it. So like with you, I saw, I just saw you, the, you know, yesterday's post. I still like it's already in you. So I'm, I'm used to it. Um, yeah. But did the, the, the tattoo artist himself, did they say, Hey man, are you really sure you want to do this? It was, that- uh, it was, it was, it was a girl. She's a friend of mine. Her name's Marissa. Um, so we're, we're sponsored by the same company and she, she like, she moved here to Vegas. So now I got a cool tattoo hookup and she's like, and so apparently it's a thing in the tattoo world too. Like they won't tattoo people's faces. It used to be like that's a rite what I of heard. passage. Yeah, that's what like I heard. Limited to yep. only tattoo artists or something. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about your stupid rules. You know, <laughs> like, right? Here's my money. Tattoo my face. No, but it was it was interesting to learn that. I didn't know. I, didn't I did. Know it was yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. So- <laughs> um, I because I I heard it's really like forbidden. Of like, hey, dude, you really shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. Um, so she was she was down with it. And at the end of it, you call her and you were like, hey, I love it. Thank you very much. You don't, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it was cool. And she like so she tattooed my hand too, and she says she usually doesn't tattoo people's hands or faces unless she can really tell they're not going anywhere in life, you know. So what are you what are you doing today? Like, what what would you say your main focus is? So my main like my main focus now is is just sort of personal. I think last year I was trying to do the damn thing. And, and, and do like the business and do like the, uh, uh, be like, I, I was living my life last year as if I wanted to be a social media personality, you know? Right. And so the, so this year has all been about like just taking my life back and, and living a simple, quiet life here with Stacy. And I clean the house and I cook our food. And, and I think my full-time job is just competitive athlete for now, for a while, because that's what I want to fucking do, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to. I want to win some shit. I want to compete and I want to win. I want to train hard. And, and it, it, it's a tough road, man, because like, uh, you know, I compete in CrossFit and I see the guys at the games and stuff and they don't, they're not tougher than me. They don't work harder than me. They don't want it more than me. They just got more legs than me, you know? <laughs> so so it, it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a futile endeavor because there's no trophy for, you know, like what I I did the CrossFit Open this year, and out of like two hundred thousand people, able-bodied people doing RX, I took like sixty thousandth place, and that's fucking huge, man. Nobody else, n- none of my peers came close to me. But there's no trophy for sixty thousandth place, and there shouldn't be. But it's yeah. like, ah, uh, why do I fucking care so much? If like it just so like what you know, I fucking pour my life into it for a year, and then it like the five weeks is up, and then when it's over, it's like. Okay, we'll just go home now. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, it's, it's got to be strange, right? Where you train all that that time, and then it's like, all right, great, take care, Derek. We'll see you when we see you. But yeah, I mean, so it's true. But it, you know, and but it's honestly helped me grow. And like, people talk shit, and they're all about like, um, the only thing that matters is like 
in what you do, like the only thing that matters is like how you feel about it. Like you don't need, you know, like the, 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 the recognition, the fame, the money, the prize, anything like that. Like if you do something for you, it's, it's kind of pure, you know? So it, I mean, it sort of helps me grow in a weird way. Do I prefer it? No. Will I take it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and and you have, uh, and like sponsors and all kinds of stuff in your, in your clothing line and, and everything's, you know, rad financially and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, everything. So I I got, I got one, I only work with one person or like one company now. And I just, I work with first form. So I'm a first form sponsored athlete and then got the straight legless clothing, but honestly, man, I'm kind of burnt out on making t-shirts, you know? Um, and so actually this last month I did something cool. Um, I made my money, like I paid rent with paintings. I did three paintings and I sold which those were, Which were incredible, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, man. Like, your yeah, paintings are amazing. That's cool. I, mean, I appreciate that, man. Because like that was cool for me. Like, because I've been a... You know, part of my healing is like, I'm different people. Like, we're all different people, you know? But I've been stuck on this, um, like, I say I have two brain modes, you know? Like, killer chill. And, like, my competitive athlete mode, it's my kill brain. But I like my chill brain because it reads and writes and plays the guitar and paints and does, like, artsy shit, you know? And part of me thinks I need to define myself by being, like, that masculine dude. But part of me just wants to do artsy things and stacy prefers the artsy me so it's kind of nice <laughs> you know? yeah so, <laughs> um, so so to do those paintings and stuff something new is um it was fun man I, i'll probably like continue doing that for a while so that's awesome man that's awesome mm-hmm. and uh, lastly la- last question for you is there any dark days still like do you still have any any dark, like super dark days where you feel suicidal and you've pulled yourself out of it yeah, I mean, so like my clo- I was just in I was in the hospital December 27th last year. You know, and then I so I've been seeing a uh actually I just I had my I'm tired of talking, man. I, I was at my psychologist today, so I do bi-weekly checkups um to stay on top and I scored pretty low on the depression test today whatever, but uh yeah, man, absolutely that's part of who I am. You know. Yeah. Um and the cool thing about it is like I've lived with it for a long time now, like depression and thoughts of suicide where um, I'm okay with it. Like I, I'm okay with it. Like I'll be like, Ooh, I'm fucking really depressed today. Okay. I know what I need to do. Oh shit. Here I am. Like I'm, I just laid down to bed, but my heart's racing. I'm sweating. And all I'm doing is fantasizing about every little fucking detail about how I'm going to kill myself and try to mitigate the pain that my wife and mom feel, you know? Um, and I just, um, it used to drive me insane because I thought I was, I needed to fix that, you know, like, um, and, and you hate yourself for feeling that way or something. But like, I feel like I'm okay with it now today. It's just like, I just accepted it. It's like, it's who I am. And so it's chill. And so you just ride out that storm. So like, I've had enough experience now where I can ride out the storm. And now, you know, and you ask me like what I do, I spend a lot of my time talking to people behind the scenes about this. Cause like maybe it's their first storm or they're, you know, like they're in their early days of dealing with that shit. And I was like, look, I'm fucking like your date. Like, okay. you like, it's sort of like a heat stroke, you know, like suicide sort of like a heat stroke. Like once you have it, you're more susceptible to it in the future because those thoughts sort of become like a comfort blanket. Like it's a comfort blanket for me. Like if something stupid 
goes wrong in my life, like something stupid and small, something goes wrong, my automatic response is to fucking like, oh, okay, I'll just kill myself, you know? <laughs> and it's um, it's like, fuck. Um, so just accepting it and knowing that those that's like lies that my brain tells me helps me live with it. You know, I can recognize that shit. Like when I have that voice in my head saying I'm fucking worthless, my life's hopeless, I'd be better off dead and things like that. I know those are lies. And so I can ride it out. And so when they come and they do come, I just chill. And uh, I go see my psychologist every two weeks just for those checkups and be like, stay on top of my shit and make sure I don't end up in the hospital again. Cause that's how I, that's what I fucked up last year. I didn't see a psychologist all year, all year last year. And I was struggling by myself and then it just came to a head and I couldn't control it. And I had a gun to my head. So, uh, that, I see a psychologist that, now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that recently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, so and like it's, it's, it's never over, man. And it's going to be, it's going to be me for the rest of my life. It's not a, it's not a curable thing. It's just something that you fucking learn to live with for some people, you know? So. Yeah. The, the, the reason, the reason I ask is I hear a lot about like, dude, Derek saved my life or I got to talk to Derek or whatever. So, um, you know, I, 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 I guess I had guessed at it. Um, but I didn't know, you know, um, a lot of people don't talk about it enough and, uh, right. you know, everybody sees like, oh man, Derek's, famous and he's got a you know a gajillion social media followers his life must be amazing and the fact is it's probably always not amazing you know um and it's that's helpful the, it's helpful for people outside to be able to hear that i think yeah and that's like and sort of so like i fired up my social media to to sling t-shirts and make some money you know and it sort of morphed into this community over time where it wasn't a like it's it's almost it's almost not about fitness it's more about fucking like just mental health sort of in a, in a pretty cool way. Cause like I share openly my shit so that, you, you know, like one, it makes me feel better. Cause like when you, when you fuck, when you, when you have thoughts in your head and you get them out and you tell it to the world, it's like you're confessing and you just feel relieved, you know, but two, yeah, people see me work out and they're like, Oh shit, that dude's a type predator. Fucking I'm not like him. He just goes hard all day, every day. And then they read something that I write. They're like, oh, shit, this dude struggles like me, but he still does some pretty cool shit. I'm going to try that, too. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. That's what makes me feel good about like that's what brings like new meaning and purpose to my life is like those kinds of stories. And 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 uh, I swear, man, I wish I could just get off the Internet because. um like I like I like I'm a solitary creature and it, like I never expected it to get as, as as big as it is like obviously I'm not like the biggest dude out there but it's for a dude that just wants a quiet life it's pretty big but oh yeah I have a res- I have a responsibility you know like in in and it and I like it and I like making people smile laugh and I like being there for people when they're in trouble and uh I don't know it makes me feel good about my life yeah, I, and I would I would personally recommend you not ending any of the social medias for that exact reason right there. Um, I mean, look, you're always going to hear negative and you know positive and every mm-hmm. weird in between of people sucking your dick or or, or hating you or, or whatever it is. <laughs> but there's always these these people that that are genuinely looking for somebody like you or looking up to somebody like you, um, and it's nice that you're there for some guidance and and to help you know, talk to them out of, out of the same troubled times that, that you've been through in your life. And it, it makes, makes them feel in the same plane. 
Um, so it's a good thing, I, I would say. Yeah, you know what's funny is I, I went to school to – I was thinking about being a psychologist, and I learned like – I was like, oof, I got way too much of my own shit to, to be able to help other people with their shit, like sit down and listen and, and, and talk to people about their shit. I just got too much of my own, but now it's what I do anyways. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> it's it's kind of weird how things come back full circle, you know? And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's totally it's, it's totally fucked, but somehow it always happens. It always comes back around full circle. Or you're you're just like the weird guy who just di- you know who just dies, and then it's just like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, what? Uh, let, let me ask you this: Is there a drinking bro of the week you would like to to dedicate this show to? Um. Well, I did. I, 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 um, I'm still, dude. I, I got a favorite dude. I got to look up his, what's it? I, I just, I, I did him on the, the Drinking Bros podcast, but I'm going to do it again because it, who's, who's it? What's the dude's name with the sunglasses that's always like, stay motivated, stay epic, stay. Dan Bolzerian. I'm kidding. No. no. <laughs> I'm, totally, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember that guy's name. What, who, what about the guy who, uh, cause this is, by the way, this is Drinking Bros. Um, the DNR. Uh, did, did you did you see that DNR picture that somebody photoshopped today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna like I want to dedicate this show to that guy then. <laughs> really? Hold on, I'm, not, I'm gonna look up his name. Not the guy who got you through your first mutter or anything like that. Like that's the guy you want. Like the guy who put that DNR up today. Oh, he doesn't have to be a drinking bro. I don't think Sean's in drinking bros. No, doesn't matter. It can, it can be anyone. It can okay, always yeah. be anyone. Um, All right. Yeah. Then, then, then my buddy Sean Ensley, because like if we're talking about my story, there's one person over the years who's fucking always been there for me and 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 really saved my life and changed my life. It's my friend Sean Ensley. Awesome. Is it like 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 that's a great one. Um, you know, when you when you start shot, shouting out like who your favorite person on Pornhub was today, right? Well, like, I, that's I, when things get like, dark. Where you're like, oh shit. On the, like you said, drink a bro of the week. I was like, oh shit, I gotta look at drink a bro. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I gotta pick one. All right, Mia Khalifa. Uh, fuck yeah. man, <laughs> huge fan of what you did today. That was a sweet, you know, reverse sixty nine. Was not expecting to see that. Um. <laughs> 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 Well, dude. Dude, I don't even watch those A-list porn stars anymore, you know? Like, it's sort of lost its allure with me. I'm into some pretty weird shit lately, but we don't have to talk about that. that was, look, <laughs> look, actually, we can. Um, dude, you know that Russell Crowe, the reason why he broke up with Katy Perry, um, was because of wheelchair porn. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't fucking hack it anymore, I guess. Like, Jesus. Yeah. I didn't even know, like, Russell Crowe was married to Katy uh, I'm Perry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Russell Brand. Did I say Russell Russell Crow? Brand. Russell that Brand. That makes more sense. Wow. You know does what? it? Like, I, I, I think read... Russell Crowe actually makes more sense. But Russell, <laughs> yeah, dude, Russell thought, Brand dude, was, was married to Katy Perry. You, like, go from porn. You're, the first thing you say is, like, Russell Crowe. And I don't know why that, like, putting those <laughs> two together made me laugh, you know? Because I just imagine the dude in his, his fucking jeans and his nice little coat and no, no. jacket. <laughs> it would be mm-hmm. weird. I, I, I don't know. I've seen Russell Crowe mm-hmm. really fucked up before, so that wouldn't be weird to me. But um, uh, Russell Brand. So I, yeah. I rumor was that uh, like like fucking Katy Perry just wasn't enough, so he was getting her in a bunch of weird shit where it was just like, hey, try this with me, try this with me, try this with me. And there's only so there's only so many like times you can push it with a girl before she's like. <laughs> Yo, line drawn. Like this is it. We're over. And that one for her, I guess, was was wheelchair porn. And uh, I don't know if people like because they were you put your dick and balls on the ground and then somebody rolls back and forth over it, like 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 as you're about to come, like things like that, where it's just like, oh no. 
So yeah, it, like when people get on and shout out like a drinker, bro, like oh man, man, that guy in the wheelchair porn was dope as fuck today. Uh, what up, what up, Brad? Um, you're fucking dope. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that would be a weird one. Um, and where can people find you online? Um, you're at it's just my name at Derek White on Instagram and uh, and your 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 email. No, I don't do I don't do email anymore. I'm kidding. I'm that, kidding. Like, yeah, I'm no, saying, <laughs> I, want, I want your email and your phone right, number. Yeah. And, okay, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm Derek White on Instagram. Derek White on Facebook, and I'm DerekWhite.com on the internet. So it's I've made it pretty simple. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 uh, your paintings. Uh, last but not least, your paintings. They're like so. Do like we so we did. Um, uh, there were three paintings. We made fifty of each. We sold them in an hour. So they're gone. Um, Holy so like shit! All, so you can't yeah, buy those all, anymore. No, those are done. But we're about to release the t-shirts. So like, dude, this is cool. So we put the fucking paintings on white t-shirts. They look pretty rad and artsy, fartsy, you know. But I like it. <laughs> and so those are about to be released. I think tomorrow or Wednesday. And then um, I'm working on another paint right now. And whenever it's done, we're gonna make a hundred of those prints and put them up. And these are all gonna be like a limited edition. Once they're gone, they're gone type thing, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So I, as we were chatting, I just went on your website and typed in my address. Um, hopefully, you'll email me when when some more come available because uh, those were gone real quick. Yeah, and we screwed it. Like, so in the future, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna schedule a for sale day, or like. Friday at seven o'clock Eastern time, they'll go up for sale. So people can kind of schedule. I'm not catching people off guard because yeah, they went, but I didn't, I've never sold paintings before. It was kind of like a thing. You know, I told, I told Stacy one time, I was like, man, I'd like to have an art gala one day. And she says, but nobody will come. And I was like, damn. Wow. <laughs> Stacy, grab your shit. Why don't you grab your shit, Stacy? <laughs> 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 so I didn't I didn't know if anybody would buy them, you know. So it was a nice happy surprise that they went so fast and Well there was maybe. two there was two. There was one with uh I mean they were both beautiful paintings. There was one with a boat and one where it, it appeared like a guy was swimming upwards into the ocean with the moon above. Yeah, so that yeah, that one do like so um there's like, there, there's three. There was the boat one and then I did like a this piano man painting. It's just like a black silhouette a dude painting a piano with like a really funky background, something new I tried. And then so like I did the two paintings, the piano man and the the swimming one on a Thursday and Friday. And those were two really bad days for me. Like I was depressed. I could just feel it. But I I, I managed and I let myself like usually I pull myself out, but I let myself stay depressed for that like creativity factor, you know? Yeah. And I, I sort of fueled it with um, sad music and red wine. But um, so like that swimming picture, it's called Sink or Swim. And that took it like a, a interesting dark twist. I didn't mean to paint like a me, but it's like a dude missing a leg and there's a chain around his, his amputated leg. And you can't tell if he's being pulled under or swimming up. You know, so yeah, no, it was it was a fucking <laughs> awesome painting, and uh, I went, I, I went, and they were all gone immediately, and I was like, motherfucker, I was like, what did Derek Derek only paint two? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, shit, dude. <laughs> um, but what what if all at the end of all of this, dude, you end up having like a huge successful art gallery? How fucking rad would that be? This was yeah, and so like so we um, I think we're gonna like Stacy gets out of the Air Force next year, but I think we're gonna stay here because. There's so much potential for things like that. You know, like if we stayed here, I was like, hey, I want to have an art gala. If I was in fucking Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I was like, 
hey, America, come to my art gala. People from like where you live, you're like, nah, I don't really want to go up to Minnesota. Yeah. But you'd be like, I could go to Vegas for the weekend. Like, oh, you know? yeah. He's all come to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. uh, not only that, but you guys are getting the Raiders there. So, I, look, dude, Vegas is about to explode again, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and a hockey team. So Yeah, man. Them, Ve- uh, dude, the, I, the again, I, yep. I enjoy Vegas. I never mm-hmm. – uh, I've never had a, a like a bad time in that city, and uh, and I yeah. never felt like you know except for the times you're you're hard you know fucking raging where you're just like oh I gotta get out of here. Never felt like that. <laughs> I was like eh, all right, sweet. I, I could stay a few more days here. Uh, the restaurants, yeah, the, the, the people, everybody's cool. Um, oh, dude, so many good places to eat. I love the Food Network. That's the only TV I watch, and all them motherfuckers got their restaurants down in the strip and stuff. And yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Good food, good drinks everywhere you yeah. go. Yeah, and and it's yeah. uh, shit. They're pulling out more and more slots and uh, putting in more and more restaurants. Look <laughs> for real. Um, shit, that guy. Dude, I've uh, never, I've never gambled here. The, the, like the like me and Stacy will go. We have a we live up north, and there's like a. a, a hotel casino resort type thing up here and so we'll go play bingo with all the old motherfuckers oh yeah um, (laughs) but i don't gamble dude i i don't have enough money to gamble you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I hear you i'm one of those people where if i'm there i'll gamble if not like i'm not going to go out of my way or like Mm -hmm. online or find a book like Eh, if I'm in Vegas, yeah, I'll throw a couple hundred dollars on something, but I'm not like pushing all in life savings of like, oh fuck, oh fuck, I need this. Like, I would, I, I would never do them, that to my family. I know. See, you I know. see them dudes like gambling their fucking welfare checks. Like, man. So, like, that's what's funny is like, we got an, in every gas station, there's slot machines and stuff, you know, like, picture the people playing the slots at my 7 Eleven. Uh, <laughs> you know? I, I feel depressed when people are playing in the airport. And I'm just like, bro. There's no way you're trying to get one last spin on that Wheel of Fortune fucking slot machine. And then you hear it, like, every time I'm in the in the airport, you hear, well, ah, and there's one person freaking out. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? Um, I think they do it, like, once an hour just to keep people, like, all right, yeah. fuck, I'll, I'll throw a last few dollars. And it's just an employee. It's staged, you know, like, yep. all right, here's your, like, put your uniform back on. Yeah. Somebody shit in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, it was a barbecue shit, too. I could tell. It was all, yeah. it was all vinegary. It must have been southern barbecue. Pulled pork as fuck in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, uh, I enjoyed uh, having this conversation with you. I, again, I wasn't lying. Everybody and their mother on Drinking Bros wanted to hear a one-on-one with you, um, and uh, we thought we thought we would do it for episode one ninety-nine. Um, yeah, you know, you know what, man? Like, and this is like the first time we've talked. You know, it's like I haven't met you, and we haven't really talked too much before. But it was just uh, passing the. The, the few words uh back oh, and forth. yeah 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 it's first. it's weird because you've been on you've been on a couple shows so we've had you on a couple shows and like that's true i don't I know rem- okay. i don't know if you remember but it got we got real fucked up and 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 things got real graphic um <laughs> and to this day we did a that, that's when we were doing like two buzz to airs occasionally where it was just like oh hey if somebody had a really interesting story, but usually people don't like they used to come on the show and get super fucked up. And it was like, do you know what? Do you know what? <laughs> you went off on this story about uh, this, a, a girl you fucked in a trailer mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and her parents were there. And like uh, it's it's still up. I, I want to say it's like episode <laughs> like four or seven. It's two buzz yeah. to air with Derek Wida. And it's it's the great. Oh, my God. It's the greatest story of all time. That's and, funny. Yeah, and we we did a show bef- before that, and and uh, I feel I felt like I know you. All those guys talk about you all the time, so it's like 
uh, and I follow you on social media. So it's it's I, I I never feel like I'm not you know I don't know you were with you for some reason. But when everybody started writing in and and they were saying, dude, will you just please do just one show with with Derek? I was like, fuck, man. Maybe people don't know his life story like they should. So uh, hey, man, I, I really appreciate you doing it. Oh, thanks, man. I, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun for me too. It was cool talking to you. You're like one of my two favorite people on the internet. I fucking I don't like the internet much anymore, but you and Jack Mandeville, I fucking love you guys. You're hilarious. You're fucking hilarious. <laughs> I do. We have crazy Instagram and Facebook accounts where it's just like I was in the hurricane today. But and and if anybody's <laughs> yeah. if anybody's listening at home, because like there was a couple of points where like uh, you could hear the wind. Um, thirty five miles an hour means something to me, dude. <laughs> that thirty five meant a lot to me today. Um, hashtag Irma. Hashtag send relief. Um, that you 35 know, miles an hour really almost scooped me off my feet today. You know, I feel like somebody missed out. Like they could have gone out in like the super gushy wind and taken a selfie and it could have been like Ermagerd, you know, I feel like I feel like somebody missed that opportunity. I feel I feel like that T-shirt was a missed opportunity because Irma was Ermagerd. I, I feel like Irma was one of those things that we've been hearing about for a month. It feels like a month old, like this hurricane was, you know, barreling towards the earth like a month ago. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, by the time it finally got here, 18 days later, whatever the fuck it was. It was like a cat too. Some shit got flooded. Nothing crazy, you know. <laughs> Y'all ain't no Houston. Yeah, it's like Houston's got some real problems. Um, yeah, but they were they were doing like a marathon tonight, like a music thing to to raise raise money for Houston, and they had to like kind of throw Irma in there just in yeah. case they were like, oh, and the Irma victims too. Yeah, if you want to sponsor some local tree removal, uh, yeah. <laughs> I will say this: getting a tree removed is no joke. I had one out of my backyard. Motherfucker charged me fifteen hundred. I had to move all the wood chips myself. Woo! It was it was three thousand five hundred pounds of, of fucking wood chips. It took me fucking forever. Um, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say, Derek, because I think I'm the real hero tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know adversity until you pay someone to chop down your tree and then you've got to remove all the wood chips yourself. <laughs> That's funny. Um, oh, dude. Well, listen, man, you're, you're one of my favorite people. Uh, if you haven't seen Derek's stuff, check him out on Instagram and Facebook. Check out his website. And when his paintings become available, grab him. He's a super talented artist. Uh, thank you so much for, for being on the show, Derek. No, man, thank you. Had a great time. All right. I love you, buddy. All right, brother. Bye. Bye. Man, that was Derek Wyda. Uh, what a show. What an inspirational dude. And just a fucking cool, down-to-earth uh, guy. Um, I honestly can't thank you enough for, for, for doing the show. Um, man, for, for, for me and Matt and the rest of the boys, what a fucking kick-ass interview that was. Shit. Uh, we're the drinking bros. Thank you, Derek Wider, for being on. Good night, everyone. Oh, 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 oh,